This is Shir Jeshub, which in Hebrew means, A remnant shall return. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and I'd like to invite you to join us for this Bible study program from the Church of Shir Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. My husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, has been teaching from the book of Judges, chapter 18, as part of a series of studies on heavenly authority. We have seen how apostasy, idolatry, and lack of moral restraint have marked the Israelite people in the time of Judges. This has been clearly seen in the man Micah, who has established his own household shrine in place of the tabernacle at Shiloh, and has hired his own wandering Levite to officiate as priest. It has also been seen in the people of the tribe of Dan, who have abandoned their God-appointed home in an attempt to conquer a peaceful people in the north. On the way they rob Micah of his idols and lure away his unscrupulous priest. Now let's rejoin Pastor Greg in the book of Judges, chapter 18, as he concludes the Sunday sermon. Verse 27, So they took the things Micah had made and the priests who had belonged to him and went to Laish, to a people, quiet and secure. And they struck them with the edge of the sword and burned the city with fire. So they have the conquest they desire. There was no deliverer because it was far from Sidon. And they had no ties with anyone. It was in the valley that belongs to Beth Rehob. So they rebuilt the city and dwelt there. And that valley uh, belonged to one of the small Beth Rehob, one of the small kingdoms of Aram or the Syrians. Verse 29, And they called the name of the city Dan, after the name of Dan their father, who was born to Israel. However, the name of the city formerly was Laish. So it sounds very respectful. They give this city to their forefather Dan. Then the children of Dan set up for themselves the carved image. So they set the idolatry right up there in this territory of Dan. And Jonathan, so now we have a name. Finally, the name of the Levite is given. And Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, and his sons were priests to the tribe of Dan until the day of the captivity of the land. Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh. Now, look in your footnotes if you have a New King James. You'll see down in that verse that there's a little one near Manasseh. It says in the Septuagint and the Vulgate, that that scripture reads, Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Moses. The son of Moses. The Masoretic text, the Hebrew text, which the King James and New King James comes out of, inserts an N in the name of Moses, giving what could look like Manasseh. And so translated there, Jonathan, the son of Gershon, the son of Manasseh. But the other translations, and the evidence seems almost conclusive, the original text does indeed read, Jonathan, the son of Gershom. Remember, Gershom is the firstborn son of Moses and Zipporah, the son of Moses. And even the Jewish holy scriptures, according to the Masoretic text, the Jewish scriptures, says in the footnote to this verse, 
that the writing, how it's written in this text, indicates an earlier reading, the more exact reading of Moses. So now we know this Levite's ancestry. We know why, even though he's a young man, he's recognized by the Danites. What are you doing here? He was a grandson or probably more accurate, a descendant of the lineage of Moses through Gershom. Now, he's not a priest, right? He's not a descendant of Aaron. He's a Levite. And it shows how far away the people have gone. Even Moses' own descendants, that this wandering descendant of Moses is looking for someone to hire him. You see why they wanted him to consult God. They, they listened to what he said because, hey, he's Moses' descendant. How far the people have gone from the true faith that even Moses' descendant is worshiping in front of shrines and idols. All the time maintaining a form of godliness and a smattering of the things in the name of Yahweh. But all twisted, all muddied together. It says that Jonathan's sons were priests, so his descendants, in this apostate system to Dan. They were priests to the tribe of Dan until the day of the captivity of the land. Ultimately, their idolatry will lead to them being conquered and taken captive away to Assyria in the 8th century. You read about that in 2 Kings chapter 15 and verse 29. But for the many hundreds of years before that captivity, in between, this whole false system went on all the way north in Israel, in Dan, by the descendants of Moses. Verse 31, So they set up for themselves Micah's carved image. So Micah's idolatry becomes a tribal idolatry with Moses' descendant officiating over it. They set up for themselves Micah's carved image, which he made all the time that the house of God was in Shiloh. And the writer of the book of Judges lets us know this is all going on while the true tabernacle, the true center of worship, is down in Shiloh. They don't go there. They set up their pagan, muddied version of it, their pagan, illegitimate priesthood in mockery to the truth that God had given and then chapter 19, as the Danites went their own way, it says, and it came to pass in those days when there was no king in Israel, there was a certain Levite. And again, the reiteration, there was no king in Israel. And chapter 19, I'm not going to read it to you, it's one of the most horrible sections of Scripture showing the depths of depravity and sin that Israel sunk into during this period, becoming as the very nations that God drove out before them. When you close the book of Judges, in Judges chapter 21 and verse 25, the very last verse, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Or as the NIV puts it, everyone did as he saw fit. Everyone did their own thing. What they saw was right, and they got worse and worse and worse. When we, Lord willing, go on to the book of Samuel, in 1 Samuel 8-7, 
will see to the kingship, which is repeated over and over in this book, there was no king in the day of Judges, was not God's perfect will for the people. Why then this repeated verse in Judges, in those days there was no king in Israel, as though the writer is saying, look at the chaos that's happened. They had not made the Lord their king, which they should have. And so when everyone did as they saw fit, when you have freedom apart from God, you have perversion and chaos, gross sin and idolatry, and the terrible sadness that you read about at the end of the book of Judges. As we close this book of Judges, please notice, we've read over and over again that the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. We've read that over and over again. We've seen how in Judges chapter 2, verse 19, and it came to pass when the judge was dead that they reverted and behaved more corruptly than their fathers by following other gods to serve them and bow down to them. They did not cease from their own doings, their own doings, their own way. We can't have this land, we'll take that land. Nor from their stubborn ways, their stubborn ideas, their own way of doing, I'll do it my way. And the people would revert back. They would return to the corrupt way once the judge was dead. So what good is authority or leadership to the people? The answer, only if those led develop a like faith of the Lord. Only if the leader or judge's faith will come to them. Only if the judge's faith, the leader's faith, becomes the people's faith. Otherwise, they go back. They revert back to their own way, their old ways. You can't make everyone do right for very long. The judges would keep them in line. But it can't last very long. You can influence them for a season, but at some point the people have to desire themselves to do what's right. They have to want to do it because otherwise, once the leader is gone, they go right back to the old ways. Also, notice how wise it was that God did not establish a kingship early in Israel. He will allow it and then use it later on because had he established Moses as king, look who would have been on the throne, this Levite, from the firstborn son, Gershom. So inherited faith is not enough. A system of inherited faith. Well, my parents were Christians. My grandparents were Christians. It's not enough unless the reality of the faith itself comes to the person. Just like the leader leading the people is no good if the people don't develop the same faith, likewise the children having a lineage from the parents and grandparents is no good unless they develop the same faith. Otherwise, it can become twisted. You'll have a form of godliness, a little Christianity. A lot of American society is like that because it's come out of Christian families, Christian grandparents, great-grandparents. So there's a little bit of Christianity muddy, mixed in, even as Jonathan did with everything else, the ways of the world. And it becomes changed with time. Rather, we need to become... And Jonathan needed to become a man of God, even like his ancestor Moses. And we'll stop there today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your scriptures. Lord, we thank you that in your word, you do not set anyone up as exalted. You show us all the, the marks, the dimples, the pimples, the problems. Even Moses' descendant, 
the truth of his life is brought forth in your word. Father, to show us that we should be no respecters of men. Lord God, that you alone are holy. You alone are good. You are the only source. We are to have no minister, no priest as a go-between to you. We thank you, Lord, for those that you've given service to help us, to aid us, to guide us. We thank you, Lord, for the ancestors who were true to your calling. But, Father, we pray that each one of us as individuals would be the men and the women that you desire us to be in your Son, Christ Jesus, true to his word, true to the tabernacle of our Lord Jesus Christ, seeking no other place but the place that you have for us in your land, seeking him only as our God, no idols, no false gods, and being pure unto you, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Fellowship of Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut, is dedicated to sending forth the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ and witnessing his salvation message to a generation at risk. And it would be encouraging to hear from our listeners. All correspondence should be mailed to Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Also, let me invite you to our Sunday service. Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets at 10 a.m. at the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take exit 61 off I-95. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us next time for Shear Jeshub.